they'll ask if you want to pay three dollars extra for the for the pr- scratch protection. Oh, scratch protection! <laughs> ah! and, and scratch protection. You are now listening to Good, Bad, or Bullshit. Hello and welcome to the Good, Bad, or Bullshit podcast. Unrehearsed, randomized reviews without the bull. Joining me today, as always, is my good are my good friends, Croft and Steers. Hey there, Bo Schwartz. And Michael Hodgins. Good day, fellas. Good day to you both. And a big warm welcome to our listeners, uh, recurring and new alike. Uh, welcome to the show. Um, we're glad to have you here, and uh, we're having a really exciting uh, couple weeks because Crofton has some big news as well. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, thanks, guys, for putting off the show last week. That was mostly in relation to uh, me. My wife, Jessie, and myself have uh, welcomed a daughter into the world, as you both know. Uh, but huzzah! I want to tell. Yeah, huzzah! Hey. <laughs> Yeah, that yeah. gets a good. <laughs> I, I want to tell. I want to tell. Share it with our listeners. Gwendolyn Elizabeth Steers was born on August twenty seventh, and um, she's doing doing great. Uh, I mean, it it's honestly really hard when when a when a baby baby is born, and we have more at our disposal now than our parents did, and and like. I am sitting on the couch watching Netflix with my iPad at my disposal and my baby uh, keeping her like with my, you know, finger in her mouth as a sus and all this sort of thing and and uh, keeping her calm as, as her mom is able to sleep upstairs and take a break between feedings and this. And it's just it's just crazy how how like I have a 24 hour grocery store outside my house how, and I find all of all of this extremely exhausting, extremely tiring, rewarding for sure, but it is it is just amazing to me um, what people did uh, before. We don't have another child. We don't have a pet. We don't have all these other sort of variables that can make your life even more complicated. We just have one little baby, 10-day-old baby, and she's running us ragged. And I, she's well-behaved in that. It's just I have a newfound appreciation for what it takes to raise a child and what uh, what our parents and and everyone have gone through previously and and still do. Oh, I'd like to take a moment to say hi uh, to to say be a voice from the past and to say hello, Gwen. Your father did a podcast when as you were being born. Hi. <laughs> well, I, I'm doing it quite a bit after. Actually, we even took a week off. Uh, no, I if know, I, but. If, if I did it while she was being born, that would have been very, I would say, borderline inappropriate. Maybe totally inappropriate. While she, did, I did the, the podcast, I think, two days after my son Ivan was born. What, do you want a medal? <laughs> do you want to fight? Do you want to no, fight now? Is no, that what you're saying? It wasn't even bragging. It was more like now if I think back into hazy memories, I'm like, that was uh, that was uh, kind of uh, – I was in sort of a haze. Dude. I don't even remember what episode it was, but uh, – but uh, no, I, I I hear your crops, and I'm in the thick of it as well. And it makes me think because I have, my aunt had twins, like, and I cannot imagine having twins <laughs> because and, one yeah. is lots. And my grandfather was a, from a family of eleven, and I'm like, wow, great grandmother was insane. <laughs> but I guess those were just 
We do have it easier. It's today, your first but... one, so it's special. Probably once well, you not... get later on down, you're like, whatever, it's a baby. You know? Well, it's the work. It's not even the. It's not like because I'm not. I'm not one to sugarcoat any of this stuff. Like it's a kind of a pain. <laughs> it's a. It's an experience. Really great. As Crofton, as you were talking about your baby, uh, being born, uh, and I did meet her. She's very cute and tanned. I must say, whereas my boy is pasty white. Uh, I heard him crying downstairs, and I felt a twinge of guilt. <laughs> this podcast. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, no, I know, and it's it's de- definitely like the timing of the podcast, and we got two young children. Everything becomes sort of more complicated. I think it's a testament to how much we care about doing this that we we're trying to make time to, uh, to do it in what is uh, a very busy time in our in in our lives or two of our lives. Indeed, yeah. Bo's taking it easy for the rest of us. I gotta let that one slide because you're new parents. <laughs> Well, you but, also don't you have know. a job. <laughs> I do have a job. I, I, I we do a podcast. <laughs> so, so it's like I gave you a week's vacation last week. Um, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like we're not going to spend the one hour it takes to record the show. And I'm, I'm like, sweet week off. Woo! <laughs> I'm going to get hammered and play some Diablo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's not talk about Diablo. All right. So, you guys ready to jump into a topic then? Yeah, let's let's, let's let's do it because I'm all all of a sudden super time sensitive on everything now. I'm like, okay, I've got exactly this much time to deliver a verdict. If Bo's talking, I'll just have to tell him to shut up. Mike, are you ready? Um, premature random topic generating is going on, but we're professionals. We can handle it. It's kind of funny that this one came up because maybe it's something Croft and I'll have to deal with. Spanking. And oh, spanking. The subtopic being, I guess, corporal punishment in as a broader, um, you know, inflicting some kind of physical uh, correction on someone, uh, presumably pain or light pain to okay. correct so the, behavior. So this which, subject encompasses all ages. <laughs> <It's>, yeah. <laughs> Activity for all ages, but I mean, uh, spanking. Let, let, maybe let's just start there before we move it into like corporal, full-on corporal punishment. But uh, do, have either of you guys been spanked when you were kids? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to say no. I I've. It's funny how so we span the gamut as we do with many of our our verdicts here. I can remember being spanked once. So. Yeah. My my wife was also spanked once, and she got the person who did it got in big trouble for doing it. Really, I would say uh, the person who did it to me was my dad, so he did not get in big trouble. You can't leave that hanging, or maybe you can. <laughs> just, me? No, Crofton. I mean, like it was oh. just that it was not a family member. It oh, was a, yeah, it was not a. It was like it a schoolmate was, or something. I think it was an uh, it was an uncle actually. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty sure if I remember. Ah. And uh, and and he was the one that that spanked her, and I think that uh, um, that was not well received. I think he's baby, either babysitting or something along those lines. And uh, um, it, it it was the times were starting to be a change in, and uh, things like spanking. Uh, there there were either the traditionalists right. that still did them, or there were the uh, the new wave hippies that did not. Because there was a time, like not too distant in the past, where you know people other than your parents could give you a whack right like you, they always told us like um what's that upper canada village or whatever they always show the classroom and they showed us the switch school arms 
Yeah, they they, they showed they showed us um, the thing that the teachers used to use to wrap you on the, the fingers. Strap. And the strap. Yeah, my dad got the strap. He always like, oh fuck, I hate the fucking strap. Because he always got the strap. He used to talk about. It. He's like, "You're lucky that you don't get beat." I mean, most of my um, uh, correctional experiences as a child involved uh, more guilt than actual pain. Um, you know, it's like, "Oh, when I was your age, you know, the principal I think beat him with a strap or something at a school." And I was, I'm, just, you know, I think about that now, and it's like it's so unfathomable, unfathomable, or unfathomable, unfathomable. Yet- Yet I I believe that's still technically legal. Like um, I think it's still in like the Education Act. I remember hearing this not that long ago, but that it's so like colloquially frowned upon that if you know a teacher were to take a ruler and whack a kid, they'd probably lose their job. And I think most of us would say rightly so. Um, but but I think that it's not technically an illegal thing for a teacher to do. Though, yeah, I love the law. Made it as clear as mud, right? Like <laughs> it's like it's not illegal, but you can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like but, what? <laughs> um, when, when, uh, when you say this was not in a too distant past, um, I was having a conversation. I know a lot of people. I mean, Croft and I are in the baby boat right now, and I know a lot of people who also have babies or young kids. And I was talking with one recently who spanked her daughter, and uh, I won't name any names. But it was a, quite an interesting conversation because um, when you're talking about toddlers who where their um faculties of reason are not developed <laughs> really and that when when they're in the process of trying to kind of push boundaries and see what they can get away with and that you've kind of you don't know what else to do to discipline them sometimes you spank and um so i was kind of like you know initially you you, you say like boys oh, you try you you feel a bit maybe judgmental uh, and then she, she was explaining the situation, and it was very much like, yeah, I don't know what I would do, where it was like setting these clear boundaries using all these like verbal and uh, uh, different types of punishment of staying in your room, and kid just refusing, refusing to cooperate, and then resort, and then eventually, I think the, like the, the kid escalating. Just, well, it kept escalating to the point where the kid, where the kid was like, there was like, you do not cross this line, and then uh, the daughter like spat at her or something and she was like and then for me she was like that was it <laughs> i'm not going to get like there is and, and you could tell she was she's like the daughter was doing it like just to to, to push it and you're kind of like well i don't know i've not been in that situation i've not like yeah. well, sure. in your mind when- you say like well you know okay i'm gonna do this type of disciplining but if your kid is one who wants to push boundaries of authority um at what point does uh escalating your voice um you know, a confining to a room or that sort of thing will just become ineffective if your kid is just going to not do it because they can. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, I don't know. It's not for me. I was just like, I, I realized I'm like, well, I can't be judgmental about this because I've not been in that situation. No, it's, it's a good point. And that's one, one thing that like Mike and I, now we have young babies, but I think that, that where spanking becomes a, an issue mostly that is discussed is when you start having, you know, a to- toddler, young child age. Um, I, I I don't think there's many people that would uh, spank a baby for spitting up on you or something like that and be like, you little bastard. 
faster. Bam, bam, bam. You know, like that. That's uh, <laughs> and would just be ineffective. <laughs> no, it, it, clearly it, it, it will be, and and um, and I think society as a, as a whole has turned on spanking in the sense that it's not. It, you have to know that if you were at a party and this topic comes up, and you're like, I think spanking is a good spank is. Uh, for a child is that'll put them just right you know it depending on your audience but for the most part it's it's generally conceived as politically incorrect now spanking is uh, and corporal punishment writ large is kind of seen as is something that is in the past but mike makes good points about about um when there's it feels like that there's no alternative and and you get into the whole nature versus nurture type debate where you think like right now I have a, a newborn baby. She's very she's very um, quiet for the most part. Like she cries. She has her breakdowns. But she's not like – there are some babies that cry nonstop, uh, colicky babies or that, or that, or that, have, that have issues. Um, you raise the, the, a child the best way that you can, perhaps how your parents raised you and so forth. And you hope – that they are going to uh, be able to behave themselves as within uh, the boundaries of kids being kids. So you know, a kid's going to be fly off the handle from time to time. That's uh, you know, so be it. Um, and, and maybe you'll be trying to give them timeouts, and maybe you're going to be trying to reason with them. But as Mike pointed out, sometimes it's hard for their their brains to process that. So I think it, it comes down then to, to the type of kid you you have, and if you have a if you have a kid that is that is um, uh, that responds to you and, and sort of listens to what you say and like you know maybe it requires a little settling them down or maybe it requires sticking them in a corner maybe it requires sticking them in their room but but that it's getting through to them I don't think the spanking thing ever needs to come up or never need uh, but but if you have a child um, and this is where that that nature versus nurture thing comes in I don't know if if, if there are children that are just born that are just really get really upset and that really will say no to everything and and not not learn and not whatever and that you you have to resort to spanking if if they're just born that way or it or if they're they're they've been raised you know to toddlerdom by their parents and if it's somewhere in that raising process well, the- uh, they've been given free range and that that's why they they act that way, you know? So. I think like anything, it's probably, you know, a combination of both nurture and nature uh, to to some extent. But but the example I gave earlier about this friend of mine, definitely like a progressive parent, someone who's not just parenting on the fly, someone who's reading a lot about different types of parents, definitely like I would say super responsible, like super um, attentive parent who's trying to do the right thing, not spoil the kid, a raise in the right way. Uh, but you, but you said when when your toddler's toddler's pushing things out, it's not just not behaving; it's being willfully disdainful to you or disrespectful in this in in a way that's beyond just not complying with what you say, but trying to make you angry. And it is interesting because I'm like I, I don't I have not been in that situation. And if I think about how, when how I was as a kid, uh, definitely my dad's like. Um, yelling voice was more than enough to keep me in 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 check. Like it was pretty much. If I, my, you guys have met my dad, and if he loses, he, he goes off the handle. I'm like, it's a, it's it's. He scared. comes or, across as pretty sincere. Well, when, well like, when he would get mad, I would I would be scared, and that was 
plenty enough. I was like, oh, no, Dad's getting mad. And I'd run to my, I'd be in my room and I would not be making a peep. Uh, the one time I remember being spanked, the, the interesting bit about it is my only remember, I don't remember what I did. My only rem- memory of it was that he clearly didn't have the heart to actually spank me because I remember going to my room and kind of like being like, phew, that didn't hurt at all. And I remember kind of like pretending and crying because I was like, I need him to think that it hurt because uh, I, I don't want him to get mad. And, um, it was interesting because he definitely didn't have the heart. Like it didn't. It, I don't recall it being painful at all. And but it was. It was. I don't think he had the heart to do it. Yeah. Really. And, and like it's weird because that's also your perception as a child of an adult, uh, as opposed to like. I mean, I've made your dad frustrated a couple times to the point where he's yelled at me, and um, <laughs> you know because we were. I worked. I worked with. Or I worked for him for a little while. Um, but I got to the point where I kind of realized it for what it was and didn't feel threatened by it. I mean, he was genuinely frustrated. But, yeah, but when you're when you're six, he's a lot more scared. No, I know, and that's sort of the difference. But sometimes, depending on who it is, all the yelling and voice raising of a parent you want to do is ineffective, right? Isn't that when you break down and start to be like, okay, um, I'm going to hit you, little bastard? <laughs> like, well, yeah, I mean, I I, I guess so, and I like it, it's. I really think it's, uh, and, and I think there's this slight resurgence in the. I, I know as a society we're generally sort of being like, no, we, that's not what we do. Uh, but I think there's been more talk lately about um, sometimes spanking is effective. And it, this is a bit of a slight sidebar, but one that might make sort of basic sense in a way. Um, in my neighborhood, in the backyard, there's a cat community. So all the neighbors own cats and there's cats outside. Now obviously cats don't possess the ability to speak and reason and talk to each other. There's no so the form of communication they do is bashing each other in the face with their paws. And it's pretty funny to watch. They'll go out, they'll sniff each other. My cat, he's kinda he's a little bit surly, so go ahead and he'll sniff and they'll have this and then he'll just like slap the other cat in the face. Like <laughs> and then the other cat will kind of walk away. And I realize like it's not like claw they're they're not getting in a full on fight. It's sort of like it's it's communication at a very basic sense and if you think about animals that's a lot of how they do their communication especially if they're the same species it's just kind of like sort of light violence <laughs> they sort of like beat each other to, to to communicate something and i wonder if you're talking about like a toddler who can't communicate what they want to, to say and maybe don't understand what you're saying is like a light spanking and i'm I, and look, uh, I'll just be clear, like my view on this is I hope to never, ever spank my child and I'm going to make all efforts to never do that. But I, I'll, I'll play it as it as it comes. Um, but maybe that's something they understand rather than I need you to go to your room right now and be silent or a yelling voice. Maybe they actually understand something like spanking at that basic level of uh, a cognitive function that they have. Better well, than talk- yeah. the, the children, though, like... You know, they talk about the terrible twos like they talk about teens, right? They they say at this at this age you are likely to experience issues with with your child and that's just part of the growth the growth phase. Um and and while it's always important to set and and, and reinforce boundaries, I just find myself like and, and it it's hard because Mike you've presented a compelling situation but at the same time, I find it hard to see myself resorting to violence because um, spanking is, is, for lack of a better term, light violence. Uh, and um, it, what, I think what it's happens, just violence. 
Yeah, well, it depends. Like, you see these spanks, like Mike Mike gave the example of his dad spanking him. It probably wasn't – like, and I see babies being burped and I and sometimes I think – and some people are really going to town on their back sometimes. And, and, and I'm thinking, like, that's pretty much what a spanking is, you know, uh, except on your ass. Um, but, but the thing, the thing is, is that I feel that, that, uh, you get in these, these situations where, uh, you have a trust relationship with your, with your child and, and as a baby and as a toddler and all this, they, they, they are, despite acting out, despite anything, they are very much in, in your care in the sense that I've remembered as a child, when you lose, say, your mom or dad or lose sight of them in the airport or lose sight of them somewhere um, and you're suddenly lost in the world and you're like, what the hell is going on? I, you know, I am I am lost. I need them. Even though I act up in front of them, without them, I'm screwed, you know? And it's it's a weird sort of like dependent dependency situation. And while I'm not advocating punishing your child by playing mean tricks on them, like hiding or whatever to scare the shit out of them, um, I do think that like that trust relationship, the fact that they rely on you for things, like they want, they want something or they want, uh, they're always in a state of want practically. Um, and that you're able to deny those wants based on repercussions, um, and say like, Hey, you know what? You're acting out. So you're not going to get this piece of chocolate or you're not going to get this, whatever. Um, and I recognize that that that's got to happen in a close proximity for a child to get the consequence. You can't like tell them a day later, Hey, you acted out yesterday. Therefore you're not getting this thing today. They're not going to make that connection. But I, I just I just it's like whenever thinking about resorting to violence, I always think in my head there as for adults, as for kids, there has to be another way. There has to be another way. And I feel like when you're tired and when you're when when your brain is adult is lacking sleep and adult and, and, and the child is just being going nuts and, and is completely uh, disrespecting you and you just see no way out that you take that you take that spanking road you could take it but that it, it it's really like it, it's really due to a weakness on your part in that exact moment and and not due to it being the only solution to that issue that's sort of how i see it yeah like yeah i feel like really out of place adding to the conversation because i haven't had i don't you guys at least have the kids now <laughs> yeah, but you've like, been, you uh, said you've been spanked a fair amount so well i mean i wouldn't say a lot i think if my you know, my mom is definitely listening. She's probably going to think I'm exaggerating things. But, you know, there have been some occasions where I've been hit. And, um, I mean, I am I would say overall I probably behaved and looking at myself now, I definitely was probably, you know, behaving very obnoxiously. And I'm sure my parents were holding back some of what they would want to do to me sometimes when I was being exceptionally terrible. Well, I, I've got one for you, Bo, because I think that like spanking, we've we've brought it to kids and stuff like that. I'm going to give an example uh, where I have been spanked, if you if you will. It's not the not the same thing. I was, I think, 14 or 15, and uh, what happened was um, that I was growing up, and I was now at the point where I was bigger than my mom. Okay, which is which is something that happens with with moms when they have boys. At one point, there's a good chance they're, they're uh, a, the boy's going to grow up bigger than them. And even if you're never spanked, you're always under the sort of uh, rule of the the idea that like 
your mom tells you to do something, but if you don't do it, she could just take you and stick you somewhere or, or force you to do it, right? Right. But once you get to 14, 15, and like your dad's at work, you're home from school and all this sort of stuff, and your mom's telling you to do something, and you're you know – when you're going through your terrible teens, I had a point where I was like, you know what? I don't have to fucking do what you want. I'm bigger than you. You can't do shit to me, you know? And I, I might have said something along those lines. I'm not sure. But <laughs> but but it definitely led to her getting getting um, upset. And I was being the dick. Like whatever what yeah. it was, I had done something or I was I was pissing off my brothers or I was doing something wrong. And, and she was trying to exert her authority, and I was pretty much telling her to f off, and you can't do anything right. about anything, right? Well, I think. And, and so what happened then was she, she tried to, she eventually lost her cool and tried to, tried to grab me, and I think something along the lines like I pulled my arm away and pushed her away or something, and she, it, it wasn't like a big push or anything, but. When when my dad got home, she just went up to her. She went up to her room and was crying because she was very upset about it. And and when my 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 dad came home, and I went up to my room because I just wanted to hide. Uh, and uh, and then when my dad came home, my mom pretty much said, you know, said that you know I pushed her or I was violent with her in some sort of way. And he came into my room and he was. Yes. And he started yelling and like and he was like saying like, Oh, you think you're a big man or whatever and, and jumping on me and sort of like, you know, not not really hurting me, but like really pinning me down and like demonstrating yeah. that he could totally beat the crap out of me and that sort of thing. Yeah. And I remember being extremely, extremely upset about it. And like it's still still to this day I think about that. And my dad was a great parent. I don't want ever it, it, ever say anything uh, poorly about him but definitely what what happened in this situation was me a generally good kid was what had reached the point where i was being a dick i was going through a phase in which you know you're you're totally okay uh with assuming that i was acting out and then and then uh my mom was tired, had two other children to deal with, didn't handle the situation in the best way by in, instigating physical violence, is which is what she did by grabbing me and that sort of stuff, which escalated and eventually led to my dad having to get somewhat violent with me. I think that they had options in that scenario that they they didn't take. I'm all full of hormones. Yeah, it's my fault, but I've you, I I'm always a believer that like once you've resorted to that that point, it's due to fatigue it's due to frustration it's due to thinking that you have no other option and reacting emotionally and i just feel that there has to be another way but both it has to do with being human um because like there's this expect like we place a lot of so when you have a child i mean the one you you don't have to be friends with it you don't have to there, there's nothing that you have to do with it and if you're going to identify one core responsibility of having the child it's it's the next, um, you know, psych- next iteration in evolution for your species. Uh, they're carrying on your genes, so you need to teach it to survive. Basic. I mean, that's what you need to do. That's like the the responsibility. And we have a lot of information around our heads. There's a lot of science. There's a lot of you should do this and you should do that. And and there's this great way to live. But um, I think it might be an impossibility for imperfect beings to educate. Uh, 
imperfect beings in being perfect. Like, and I think like that scenario you described, Crofton, is an example of like, yeah, there were a lot of things that you could have, well, you could have done better. I mean, that's you learning your lesson, but your parents are also learning lessons probably in that situation as well. Because I mean, what the hell do they know when their kid all of a sudden gets it, <laughs> gets a burn in their ass and going to start being physical with them? Maybe they didn't see that coming. You know, or just well, never no, thought you were capable very, of it. That's so. like a very good point. And it comes back to like the pushing of boundaries thing. And there is a time, I think, when all kids, uh, especially when they start to realize their physicality, like it's as teenagers, I mean, so, size and being like, and if you're in that mood, like um, I think you're crossing, you're, you're, you're not atypical of 14-year-olds. Yeah, what <laughs> and kid hasn't like, said, I wish my parents would fucking die? I'm pretty sure every child says that at some point in their life. <laughs> yeah, there's stuff like that, but it's more like pu- it's pushing those boundaries of being like, well, "What are you going to do about it?" Because you start to be like, "Well, I'm I'm bigger than you, you can't hurt me." And then and then as a parent, you know, maybe you have to be like, uh, "It's it's not not to get violent." I and I, I agree with Croft, and, and I totally do that. There's just got to be some other way. But if someone pushes you, keeps pushing you so much, like, what do you do? Uh, and I know this is an e- extreme uh, going to the other end of it, but you know these beheadings in ice that ISIS is doing of these. <laughs> okay. Well, no, uh, but think about that. Yeah, yeah. It's, no, well, I know what they. I, I'm interested to see where this goes. But yes. Well no, well, no, but I mean, it's sort of like it's an extreme example. But how do you deal with someone who beheads people? Uh, I mean, do you? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't answer that question. I know I find it extremely disturbing, and my gut, re- my emotional response is like, I hope a bomb lands on that guy who behead, beheaded someone while they're still alive with a small knife. Like, it's so horrible that you're like, well, what's, what do you, how do you respond to something like that? And I know that's to the extreme, and maybe we can broaden the conversation to corporal punishment of like, you know, because there's all this talk about is torture ever justifiable? Um, and it, uh, most people say no, and I, I agree with that on principle. But but then in situations where, where some people are just extremely violent, um, how do you is corporal punishment ever a valid solution at that kind of state level? Um, I don't know. Yeah, that it's like it's funny because like we've spent a good time talking about children, and it feels like like opening a whole new pile of conversation topics to talk about adult punishment but i think it's an extension because it's sort of like if most kids are going to respond to some kind of discipline before spank you you need to resort to spanking and most adults are going to resort to uh falling in line with the law before requiring physical intervention but essentially you know police are often using essentially corporal punishment with something that they have to because someone is enacting violence and to stop them you need to use violence, and that's what the police do. They're entrusted with that um, that sort of that sort of reserved power that we you hardly use. But if someone is going around beating people up, likely the cops going to come in and lay the beat down on that person. And it's just essentially using violence to quell violence. And you know, when kids are just pushing those limits, maybe a you know a a, a valid response is it's a very you know muted violence of a spanking which is not overly hard or meant to cause lasting damage or that sort of thing is a way to say hey you've broken some limits here i think and, and again, i think in the situation where where um cops are intervening in a situation like a violent situation i don't that's not it's not punishment it may be seen as like a consequence like well you did that thing so that other thing happened but i think the police have guidelines for behavior and i know we hear about it when they're 
they use excessive force and like they they can't just do whatever they feel like to teach a lesson. They're not dishing out. No, no, punishment. and you're right that that's not that's not corporal punishment. Yeah, but as defined. But um, I feel as though, and and you know, I, this is where I don't know my history, but I mean, I feel as though like our current mode of punishment, at least in North America, which is I think mainly imprisonment, like it's probably all mostly imprisonment for major crimes. Um, it's because that, uh, well, I don't know, like, like just spanking oh, yeah, we, people, like, doesn't we, work? Like, oh, they here used you to torture somebody. people, like, for committing crimes in, um, you know, the Middle Ages. And it was like, well, was, yeah, but that's, I mean, no, they, had, they had weird well, religious beliefs, uh, you know, purifying the soul and all that crap. Or, I mean, maybe they're just doing it for their jollies and they enjoyed it. I think, I think it's like the ethics of the, the culture that you're in, in terms of what you believe it functions as corrections. I think now we don't do that kind of stuff because it's generally distasteful because um, violence doesn't, you know, we have a general sense that violence just doesn't fix adults. There's no, there's no violent actions that actually result in any successful changes in behavior. Like when someone's resolved to like break the law, for example, it's, it's it sends them deeper into the well of adversity. Yeah, I, t- I tend to agree. And it's interesting because we just recently did the topic of vigilanteism. And this is essentially a kind of building on that. It's a similar type of thing in that um, it was commonplace. Corporal, corporal punishment certainly was. Things like being put in the stockade and just the various types of torture instruments. You could Google image, to, you know, medieval torture instruments and the amount of creativity that went into hurting people was, you know, uh, pretty pretty crazy. Just having... And they still do it in the military, I believe. You can still get lashes uh, and things like that. And in some countries, they still do corporal punishments where you'll get, like, lashed or other types of... Uh, like, oh, yeah, it's um, in Singapore. Remember the guy... This was quite a few years ago now. I may be dating myself. I think it was the 90s. Some American spit gum or something, and they have a bylaw, and he got caned. So basically, like, tied up, and someone with a big bamboo rod beat his ass, like, ten times. So it's still used, um, but most places, uh, and in the same way that things like the death penalty, as we, like, evolve as a society and as a culture, uh, we've we've tried to be like, well, um, if, if we don't believe in violence as a state or as a, as a society, then we shouldn't be using violence to kind of, uh, as a response to other to other things. It's just like, it's 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 in it's in it's in line with how we how cultures evolve. That initially we use those very emotional responses to thing, and now it's more measured and in a rational, logical in approach. Yeah, well, we have a fundamental ethics based on com- compassion for other people. That you know, like hurting harming people is cruel, and you know, stooping to the level of of those things. You know, like there, there you have a certain first principle where you say. Um, you know, I don't believe in violence, and so you don't set aside that principle uh, when it comes to you know solving problems. That it's it's interesting though because that that beheading stuff it, it really tweaks a nerve in me in that my I have this very emotional response, and I'm like, it's a good thing I wouldn't be if that guy ever gets uh, caught, the person in charge of how he's handled, because my emotional self wants like. If if you can stand there and stick a knife in someone's neck and cut their head off while they scream at you, that is like I'm like I want to see that guy, you know, uh, p- punished corporally. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I think I think what we would rather do, <laughs> the way our culture is going, is like once you figure out how the brain works, 
then we're actually just literally gonna go in and and reprogram somebody like whether it's just to neuter him or to do whatever or it's the nine it's the non-violent way i mean that's a that's a whole other can of worms. i know but that's like if basically if someone's resolved to behead infidels or whatever and um in the name of justice and then uh you know if you're beheading that person well then you're not much better you have your own agenda and you're beheading and does it make it different that you have a quorum and that you know uh you you do it with the jury of peers like no it's it's like it's still essentially the same thing so no and and that's the very reasoned rational response and the correct one for a society to take like you're very right to say so but as an individual i'd be like oh I, I hate that guy. <laughs> I don't like him. Yep. No, the world is full of selfish assholes who Which believe again, backwards and similar, things. And similar to the to the vigilanteism episode, I feel like there's a difference between my what my emotional self might want to do and what a reason society should do. And I feel like I'll always fall on what the reason society should do. Are we anywhere near verdict here? Yeah, um, we are. <laughs> I'll go first. Um <laughs> Yeah, I made up my mind a long time ago. Uh, I violence, be, you know, we talked about violence begetting violence, or or, or uh, violence um, on different levels. We we started talking about spanking children and ended up talking about beheading extremists. Uh, but like it, the the correlation there is is varying degrees of violence in in which to to either get your own way because let's face it like when you're spanking a child you're trying to get your way you're the child is not playing ball with you and you want them to 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 uh to go your way so you're you're trying to impose your will over the will of the child um and, and that's necessary that's how you raise a child uh, and you're the pack leader. You're you're trying to trying to uh, you know set the, set the guidelines, set the rules. I just I really while I can appreciate violence in entertainment, violence in different different form other other forms. I I'm not a nonviolent person. I'm I don't I've never been in a fight. I don't like violence in general. Uh, confrontation that could lead to physical violence and all that sort of stuff makes me uncomfortable. Um, all that sort of stuff. Like you could call me a giant panty if you want, but I just, I don't like violence. Therefore, um, condoning violence, uh, even something as light as spanking on the, the smallest members of our society or condoning violence against convicted felons on the other end of their society. I, I just, I have difficulties with it and definitely when we have a three-tier rating system saying something is good something is bad and something is bullshit i definitely cannot say that any of that stuff is good so that just leaves really bad and and bullshit and even though i i could totally see myself spanking my child in the worst case situation where we're in like some i i would re- realize that it was likely due to a failing of mine or a lack of energy in, on my part or, or, you know, the situation and that sort of thing and not necessarily due to it being the only avenue. And so because of that, I don't even feel like I can say that it's bullshit. In the end, I think corporal punishment, spanking in particular, but all corporal punishment is bad. It's funny how, like, closely the topic of of spanking and punishment just strictly relates to, to violence. You know, like, the two seem to me to have a share of a relationship like i don't there, there's sort of two tacks that i see with with 
you know, spanking. The 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 one track is you're doing it because it's um because it's proven to be an effective method, and so it's like it's an emotionless um, consequence that you're enacting. You may not find it pleasant that you're doing in order to uh, better society, better your children, um, train people to live together peacefully. Um, the other side is just, you know what, you make me mad and I deal with my shit by acting it out and then I hit you. I feel like, so I was raised by a parent, like my father in particular, he Homer Simpsoned me at 18. That's when you pick up your, you choke your child and lift them off their feet. Um, and he's the kind of person who, you know, would drink and then we'd hang out and he'd teach me how to, to beat people up, which was, you know, basically the more insane person always wins. So you have to make yourself crazy and, you know, twist a per, if you want to stop the fight quickly, twist a person's arm and punch him in their elbow. And he showed me where, and he's, my dad's a very tough guy. So I, the threat of violence in consequence to my actions as a child like, persisted well into early adulthood. <laughs> I mean, even now my dad is 50 and I feel like if I made him cross, I've got like a 20% chance to win in a fight <laughs> like because like, he's not that old. He had me young and he's just got he's the insaner one. Like maybe I, I have, you know, the better physical uh, I'm in better physical shape now. Uh, he'll still he'll still take me out. He's nuts. So, um, you know, <laughs> I'd bet on your dad. too. Yeah. <laughs> so like the threat of violence definitely is effective modifier for behavior, whether we admit it or not. The real question is, is. Is, is that really, I think a lot of what we do with spanking, it really relates to our emotional state and not to an effective way at parenting. I think we get sick of hearing our kids behave certain ways. I think we get embarrassed by them. I think the same is true of adults where we get embarrassed and hateful towards people who are not successful in our society. And we say, you know what? We give up. You're just here. Let, let, let's see if this message gets through. And if that message doesn't get through, I mean, for adults, we kill them. Um, you know, so that being said, I have gotten close to into fights on a number of occasions in my life. And I've always been successful in talking my way out of it. I hope to keep that streak up because, you know, I don't want to ruin these good looks. Uh, <laughs> with, with Anyways, so all that to say is that I think I, I don't have answers right now. And I, I feel like I'm with... I'm in the same boat as everyone else. Like, yeah, violence is bad, man. Don't hit your kids. But um, had I a kid, I would be subject to the same frustrations and temptation to, to to do spanking. And certainly, Mike, from what you said about, you know, the guy that cuts people's heads off. It's like, yeah, kick that guy in the nuts repeatedly for like a week straight until he begs to stop and says he'll never do it again. And if he dies, so what? <laughs> um, so I think on that note, I'm going to say that uh, spanking is bullshit because I don't like it. But I mean, it 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 does have it, it's a tool that you can use that um, that can have a, a an intended consequence that we haven't figured out a better way to solve yet. So spanking bullshit. Uh, um, I, I found this one kind of a kind of a difficult <laughs> a difficult one because uh, like I agree with everything Crofton said and uh and and most of what uh what Bo just said <laughs> I was in suspense there I was like and nothing Bo said <laughs> no no where it was like what's he gonna say what's going on so um I thought it'd be funny you're like I love corporal punishment I'd love to beat someone I wish it was my job to perform corporal punishment for the state it's hey good. if you're out there right into the show we 
It's sort of a judgment-free zone. Um, it's, it's sort of one of these funny things that as we try to civilize ourselves as a society, we try to weed this stuff out. But that's not to say that it isn't potentially effective. I mean, it, it's it's barbaric, but uh, but if you want to keep someone in line, you know, you hear things about you steal something, it will cut your hand off. It's like, well, it's true. It's probably harder to steal stuff if you have no hands. Uh, and uh, but that, that, does that punishment fit the crime? Um, I, I think it's a it's a muddy issue, especially in the realm of spanking, because uh, I think until you're in the situation of having a child who, no matter what you tell them and or say to them or try to reason with them, are just pushing your boundaries or just not listening. I mean, you, it's 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 an option. I mean, uh, I, I think that there. I think that for corporal punishment to be effective, it must be done in a measured way. I think if you're hurting someone to the point where they're 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 suffering injuries from it, it's you've, you've definitely gone too far. But I think maybe when dealing with a child who will not be reached in any other way, sort of a, a fairly light spanking, one that just kind of gets a message through, maybe is is something that, that that can that you might have to resort to. So I, I feel like I want to say bad on this because on principle. Um, I agree with everything Crofton says, but I think I just have to put it in as bullshit. And, and just to qualify that a little bit, because I think its effectiveness is in question. Like, the, is it is it effective? Like, I, I don't know. But maybe just when you're out of options, what else can you do? Maybe that's something else, and maybe it will be effective. And I feel like I hope to never have to cross that bridge. Uh, but uh, for now, I'm just going to leave it as, as a big pile of bullshit. You violence-loving sadist. Well, and it's also a part of our history, you know, of corporal punishment. Human beings have been dishing it out for thousands of years. It's only recently we haven't been. It's true. Repressing women has also been part of our history. We should embrace the that. It's who we are. <laughs> Why are we fighting it? Traditional gender roles for everyone. Yeah. Let's all, let's make a new caliphate here in Canada. <laughs> all yeah. right. So... <laughs> Um, if you have comments on the subject of a spanking and or corporal punishment, please email the uh, email your comments into the show and we'll read them on the air. That is goodbadbull at gmail.com. Finally, if you want to subscribe to the show, find out more information about what we're up to, you can visit us on the web at goodbadbull.com. There you'll find links to iTunes, Stitcher, and an RSS feed to subscribe to the show. Um, but you probably have already subscribed by now, but still, it's all there. Tell your friends. Um, finally, on Twitter, you can find us uh, at goodbadbull, and we're on Facebook, too. There's a link on our site, uh, goodbadbull.com, where you can like us. All right, uh, Crofton. Yes. If our listeners... Want to find out more about what you're up to? Where can they find you? Well, I'll admit I've been a bit lax since the birth of my child on the old Twitter, but I'm sure I will get back into it. I'm going to guess it will correlate to about the time I go back to work, um, and uh, and then I will be uh, I will be putting out some of my world famous tweets. Maybe some of them will be about spanking. Maybe some of them will be about Bo spanking the monkey. Who knows? Follow me at Crofton Steers. I'm not sure what's weirder. Um... That, you know, I would have pictures of me spanking my monkey or that they would be on your Twitter feed. It's, in, it's interesting that Crofton would be I, tweeting about that. Yeah. I just have the links. All right. If our listeners want to find out more about you, Mike, where can they find you? Uh, they'll, they can find me at ML 
Hodgins. Um, I, I'll laugh if Wincrofton gets back to work in two weeks and his first tweet is like, just podcasted about corporal punishment. I have already gone back on my words, banking baby daily. <laughs> <laughs> it, wor- it works great, folks. Uh, <laughs> it works great. <laughs> all right. You can find me at Bo Schwartz. All right, guys. Um, one of the things about spanking that I really enjoy, uh, I've always enjoyed. had in my mind. I, not, I've recreational spanking is a whole different thing. Not enjoyed, but like um, I used to read a lot of George Bernard Shaw, and one of the things he said about spanking stuck with me. It's like um, if you're going to hit your child, be sure to do it as hard as you can. You should, <laughs> you should always you – should, if you're going to hit them, you should always mean it. Otherwise, don't hit them because if you if you hit them and don't mean it, you teach the child insincerity. And I was like – uh, yeah, I kind of like that. See, but the- that's because having gone through that exactly with my own dad, who did not have the sincerity to really give me a spanking, I did not learn my dad's insincere. That's not what I took away from it. I took away from it like he didn't have the heart to hit his kid you, hard. You and are I'm like, good, I kind of like that. You are a good, sincere, honest person. And sometimes the things we learn are not, it's not what's on the surface, but it's through the actions, like what's happening um with how you learn it and you're a great person so i don't know man maybe it maybe it was maybe things worked out as well as they could i'll be honest i'm surprised bo got through this entire topic without talking about his sexual spanking preferences well everyone likes a bit well, of light every time i go to the toilet mike says you're we're going to the toilet and bring the show back so i'm I'm trying yeah, to no, keep it I, clean, I folks. Agree. Keeping it of the toilet keep generally is a good thing. <laughs> but it always goes there to some extent. If you want to find out about my spanking habits, follow Crofton on Twitter, okay? Follow Crofton. I, I, might, de- I might develop a sub-Twitter account. <laughs> fuck, <laughs> fuck you. Don't do Bo- that. <laughs> Bo's monkey spanking at, at, at Twitter <laughs> or whatever the fuck. Adult things suck.